0: Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Aquail Jackson, and we have a very special guest today. Here's a guy who is probably one of the most underrated and undervalued, soon-to-be Hall of Famers in the history of the National Football League. This guy went on to set many records throughout his career. 215 is a number that stands out to me because that is the record for linebackers consecutively starting games. He's also one of five players to ever record over 250 career games played. Now, throughout his 16-year career, he's a Super Bowl champion, he's a four-time Pro Bowler, and he's a two-time All-Pro. And he was able to accomplish all of this out of John Carroll University, where he signed as an undrafted free agent in 1998 to the St. Louis Rams. And if you've been under a rock for how many years, if you don't know who this guy is, his name is London Fletcher, and he's here with me to talk about it all. London, what's going on, bro?
1: What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. Uh,
0: hey, listen, man, when I when I, I appreciate you getting back to me as quick as you did, because I didn't know, you know, I had your number. We crossed paths some number of years ago and we had a brief conversation. I don't know if you remember. I think it was in like Houston or something like that for a Super Bowl. And we were doing something for NFL Network, but we had a brief conversation. But I appreciate you getting back to me as quick as you did. I really no,
1: do. no problem, man. No problem. A lot of respect for your game. And yeah, I remember uh, I remember us. Uh, crossing paths. I, I can't remember what city was in either. It's, yeah, it's, me neither. It's, 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 it's <laughs> so they started to run together, but I definitely remember us, uh, you know, chopping it up for a little bit.
0: No doubt, no doubt. So I, before we get into, like I told you before offline, I did my research. So I thought I knew you as a player <laughs> because I followed you for so many years because okay. I tried to incorporate some of what I did based on what I saw you doing on the, on the field. And so I, I know you've been asked this question a, a, a gazillion times, but I want to ask a little bit more. Do you, you were able to play? You didn't miss a game, and that's unheard of. And you've been deemed the Iron Man of Iron Man, right? So my question to you is: is there anything that you can point to throughout your career that you can say, you know what? Because I did this, it allowed me to play as long as I did. And before you answer that question, from linebacker to linebacker, I know how important it is for 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 us to address the huddle, to be available and and games and in practice because guys, those other ten guys listen to your voice. Whether we, you know the saying, if we're all wrong, we're all right. Right. You know, and 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 that's so important as a signal call. That's so important. So uh, yeah. So was there one thing that you can point to? And your preparation that allowed you to play week in and week out for so many years.
1: Um, it's hard to say one thing because mm-hmm. you know, as you know, um, playing in that game, playing in, in the National Football, very physically demanding is mentally demanding. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stress you put on your body. Um, you know, I was fortunate not to have any type of catastrophic injury where you know, um, you see guys that do everything and then. In their power to, you know, they train right, they eat right, they do all the things they <laughs> right, head, right? right, they study, and then they get some, you know, crazy uh, injury. Somebody runs into their leg, falls into their leg, right, the right. out, or um, things of that nature. I never had a situation where, um, I've had guys fall into my legs and things like that. Where I think part of it is, um, uh, you know, as me spraining the knee was the way yeah. I. Was built as opposed to somebody else tearing the ACL or something like that. Right, right, right. But, um, I would say how God, the way God made me, especially in the lower. Yeah, head, right, right, because
0: because it takes a it, it takes an incredible amount of luck, preparation, God given ability, and and prayers out the wazoo. Because you oh, know yeah. I know how, as you mentioned, I know how taxing it is to play in the inside, and you played in an era where coaches didn't give a damn about. A consecutive two days, or how long they could nah. keep you out. They wanted to run you into the ground. They wanted to see who was mentally tough and physically able to stand the grind, the grind throughout practice, and then also be asked to go out there and play on Sunday and be productive. And you oh, did yeah, that throughout your
1: entire career. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh the the way the game is played now. Definitely not as uh, physically demand physically demanding, especially in training camp. I can remember when I went to the Rams in '98. Dick Vermeule was the head coach, and, and we used to have real two-a-day practices. When I talk about real two-a-day practices, it's uh, practices were three-and-a-half hour long, uh, full pads every practice. So you go uh, two times in full. So we go two-two-one. So two-a-day, two-a-day, then you know, uh you know, one-a-day practice. But it, we always had full pads on. It was no, hey, you're going to oh, be uh, uh, full pads <laughs> in the morning, shorts and show uh shorts and uh jerseys and that no. right right so they, were, so they were they were three and a half hour practice. i'm talking four. Yeah. see i don't know if i would have
0: i mean you have to be in a different mental space to get through it because you don't know oh, anything well. differently but like was there any uh so it's funny i've been on those teams and when i you know both of our careers kind of crossed over because you played so long so when i was when i was drafted into the league in 2006 there was no more consecutive tour day. So it was two, one, two. And the second <laughs> yeah. practice was a glorified walkthrough. Right. You know, and it was just like, Oh, I can, I can, I can handle this, you know, because college was completely different. So my question to you is, was there anyone that you can remember in your 98 season that was probably like the state's, you know how, how it goes, the NFL locker room where man, it's like after a week, it's like, hey man, we gotta take the pass off. You know, was that did you have someone like a spokesman on your team that could go to Dick Rebeer and be like, hey man. The guys are tired, man. We gotta take the pass off. What can you do for it?
1: Hey, not only do we have an elder statement, one elder statesman in the locker room, we had about 20 because these guys, <laughs> right, right. these guys, they we almost had a revolt because the practices were so hard. We're getting ready to play um, uh, I think a regular season started a regular season game, and guys are literally we had a meeting, a, t- a players only meeting. Guys talking about mm-hmm. how hard the practices were. <laughs> they didn't have any mm-hmm. layers come game day, and uh, you know they're trying to talk about going out. A few of them went to Coach Vermeer and was like, hey, Coach, you got to you got to scale it back. You know, <laughs> right. now I don't have any gas in the second half of the games. Coach Vermeil was like, whatever. <laughs> we go <through laughs> oh, it, like, wow. like this. You know, he oh, just did. Wow. You know, he had that old school mentality where. In his mindset, his mind, the Rams—they weren't a good football team when he took over the franchise in '97. Mm-hmm. They, they had been losing for a long period of time, and he felt like he needed to weed out the certain certain type of people, certain yep. type of players. Um, now, I will say this: so '98 practices were brutal. '97 they were brutal when I. I heard they were worse in 97 before I got there. Ooh, 98 killed it back a little bit. 99, we won the, won the Super Bowl. Right. And I can tell you this. We won that 99 Super Bowl because of how we were mentally and physically tough uh, based on what we did in 98 training camp, 97 training camp, things like okay. that. So come that okay. Super Bowl game against the uh, Tennessee Titans, where we got to come up with a defensive stand, we're gas defensively, but we were so mentally tough. Right, we knew we we knew we had what it took to uh, make one more play to win that game.
0: And you mentioned the '98 season, and that was I'm sorry, the '99 season, where you guys go 13 and three, and you guys have you guys were deemed the greatest show on turf with um, Marshall Falk and Terry uh, Tori Hold and Isaac Bruce, Orlando Pace, and uh, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, You know all these veteran guys, Mm -hmm. and you guys. How so? You're a big component, as as it sounds like you're a big component of. You know what? You got to go through your dog days and training camp. You got to really, really see who's in it and who's not mentally and physically. And nowadays, I can tell you this, London. Nowadays, it's a joke. It's a joke. You go back when I was in. When I was, I spent eight years in Cleveland, three years in Indy, and one of the craziest stories I've ever been a part of where you know you have your rookie Hazen right and I was on a veteran squad with Reggie Wayne and Adam and Terry and Robert matches all these guys and you know it was fun it was camaraderie you know how it is mm-hmm. so we had a we had some defensive guys we wanted to shave the head do you know we had two guys actually leave the, <laughs> like leave training camp because they didn't want to get their hair cut oh yeah and this is the guys that we thought that could you know that could possibly help us, and it was just man. I was like, man, you know what? This is a different league, man. Like I, I'm not used to that. Like right. you got all this in front of you, but your hair, like, come yeah. on, man. Like we weren't trying to be disrespectful on on, on that yeah. level.
1: It was just it, like, it, 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 and the thing is, is um, you know that 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 camaraderie that's built in training camp when you go through something together when you're when you really have to. Lean on each other to make it through a practice, too. you know, man. Get them for practice, um, because you know th- those days, man. You uh, you can remember you know, your legs are sore, your body is hurt, right. body's tired. Um, it's uh, it's different now, you know. Now, uh, <laughs> right. coaches always telling me, you know, the coaches that are coaching now in the NFL or whatever, they're like, you can't. Mm-hmm. Man, the players are different now. You can't can't talk can't, to them like you
0: Yeah, you them. can't talk to them the way you th- um, you want to talk I, to them. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I don't I mean. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. Would, I'm going to talk to them <laughs> the way they going to need to be talked to. So, I, you know, you're going you gonna to either, you know, man up and do what you need to do or you're not. I, I, can't, I can't sugarcoat it with you.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's a grown man sport. And, and, you know, critis- fair criticism, it, it is what it is. And you separate the weak-minded from the strong-minded. But let me – I want to switch gears for a second because for so many years – I've watched you play and you play with a, with a, just a, um, the speed and the, and, and violence and just, you were like a pinball out there. And I know it has to come from a place. You know, I know I had my things that, that motivated me and my background and how I grew up and seeing my mom and my family work check to check. And just when I saw an opportunity, I grabbed and I had a lot of people along the way to kind of help me see a vision bigger than my small community. You're from Cleveland, Ohio. And as I was doing my research for the program for the show here, I realized that, you know, you didn't come from, you know, this, you, you came from some, a rough background. You came from a place that during that time, you know, Cleveland was heavily infiltrated with drugs and gun violence and what have you. And so forth, can you put into words what your childhood was like? I just want to take a step back to give our listeners and viewers some context of who you are and how much you had to
1: overcome, you know, as a, Growing up in the inner city of Cleveland, like most inner cities, you're gonna have your your issues, your challenges. Um you got your you got your crime. Um where I grew up, man, I walk out my front door and it's uh you know, it's it's survival of the fittest. Um right. you know, right. for the most part. I mean, a lot of um right. you know, around the corner for me, I mean, it's just many of people didn't make it home that night. Um, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of drugs. Um so uh, my sister, she was she was murdered when I was eleven years old. Uh, you know, she was only eighteen. She was she was uh, uh, murdered, that um, raped, left dead, wow. stabbed stabbed to death by some tr- railroad tracks. Um, she oh, she had God. um got into the uh, fast life, and um, mm-hmm. my older brother he was into the selling drugs and doing drugs, and mm-hmm. um, my mom she had she had a, a substance abuse problem as well with drugs. Mm-hmm. So I grew mm-hmm. up dealing with a lot of different challenges and, and um, things that really if you, if you aren't focused, I could have, I could have went a whole nother direction. Right. Um, right. I use their situations as motivation for me. No. Um, you know, I didn't want to be, do um, the things my brother was doing. I, I wanted to right. bring a, a smile to my mom's uh, face because I knew, you know, the pain and the hurt that losing a daughter what that caused her, yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. from the time I was like 14 years old, my mission and focus was on, you know, making a life, making life better for her, my two younger sisters, um, you know, being able to bring a smile to her face, getting her and and us out of the situation that we were living in, wanting right. to be able to um, buy her a house. Up. So, it's 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 and and you 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 can relate to this because you mentioned it when you're doing something for somebody else and you you have a mission and, and the mission is bigger than you, you're gonna do whatever you have to do to make it make it happen. No you know, no it's doubt. like I'm not going to be stopped. Like right. I can't go back. So that was my mentality. Right. I can't fail. I don't have an option to fail. So that was got my it. mentality. When I once I got into the NFL, well once I out even before I got into the NFL, as far as in training camp, you know, uh, or mini camp, guys are Trying to get me to slow down or or, right. or not go as hard. Yeah. No, you know, I'm yeah, not Yeah, 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 yeah. I,
0: I, I know about that all too well, man. It's yeah. like when you have something that that's behind you and you you see all this in front of you, there's nothing that can stand in between that. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And and you bring up a good point. And we have a lot of similarities because you know, I felt I, I come from a small city in Florida where a lot of my family members dealt with drug addiction, and at the time, as a young person, you really don't fully understand it. But as you get older, you realize that's an illness. You know, yeah. for something to take a person away from something they absolutely love, which is their family, that's an illness. That's not a that shouldn't be criminalized. Yeah. And so I say that to say this: At what point in your life did there's two names that comes up to me when it comes to when, when I did all my research about you and, and and who you are as a as a person? uh, Leonard Schwartz and Charlotte Kramer. You know, I I knew they had a profound impact on your life. Can you talk about how they were able, because I have similar stories. There was some people in my life to help me see more than the community that I was in experience different things. Can you talk a little bit about the impact they had on your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned, um, Leonard Schwartz and Charlotte Kramer. So these were, these were, this was a wealthy Jewish couple, Mm-hmm. Um, who adopted our sixth grade um, graduating class. Now, the inner city of Cleveland, This it's like 72 um, and lower income. These are special people to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She, uh, Mrs. Swartz, I mean, Mrs. Kramer, she grew up in a neighborhood. Now, this was back in when the neighborhood was predominantly, was all white. So, right, you know, right. years later, she was... Um, a guy named Eugene Lang out of New York New York City started an I Have a Dream Foundation. It was called the I Have a Dream Foundation. And he promised these kids, hey, if you graduate high school, I'll pay for you to go to college. Wow. And um, through that, through Mr. Uh, Mr. Lang starting that, Mrs. Kramer adopted that program. She bought one, bought brought a program to Cleveland. And okay. she adopted our, our 72, um, 71 kids. Um, graduating from 6th uh, grade that year. Out of those those 71 kids, I would say less than 20, probably close to 15, actually really took advantage of, of the opportunity because –
0: That's impact.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you have so much – we had so many things that we were dealing with. Um oh, you know, know teens that. getting pregnant at an early age, you know, the right. drug selling. You know, A lot of my friends getting involved in selling drugs, crying, yeah. dropping out of school, whatever the things may – Maybe. But what they did for me and for us is they showed us something outside of our environment. They would take us right. to different. Um, I heard you went to an orchestra for the first time. Orchestra. You know. I fell asleep, but it, <laughs> 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 the they, they gave me that, uh, that experience. Uh, my first nice restaurant was. Was when uh, when they took me and and, and right. you know, I'm talking about you know white white table. <laughs> right. you know, I said I will want, I wanted a char grilled steak. You know, I don't want a char grilled steak actually. <laughs> that's what it looks like? So it's a char grilled steak out of. I'm like, hey man, it's too dark. It's this thing. <laughs> you know, so I realized that's how that's how it goes. I, I can relate. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, um, and Mr. Schwartz was my personal mentor. I mean, he they helped pay for me to go to uh, to a private um, high school, which was above and beyond what they were supposed to do. Right. Um, right. Help me, help me with apartments, living living situations, doing things that above and beyond what they had already committed to to everybody else, but just cool. really um, impactful and and. It's without a doubt that you know by them helping me and showing me different things and and really challenging me and holding me accountable when I wasn't sure. doing the things I need to do in the classroom and hey you know not letting me run game on them uh, <laughs> right, or, right, right. really holding me accountable that I'm that I'm the person that I am today.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. I can relate. I had a you know I haven't shared this with many people, but when I was in high school my grandparents pretty much took care of the grandkids. So I was the second oldest of five or six grandkids. And I had a best friend at the time, which was a white guy. And, you know, and we always would hang out every weekend and to the point where his family became really good friends with my grandparents. And my senior year, I ended up living with them my senior year of high school. They bought me a car. Uh, they, they, you know, to your experience, like we went to restaurants, different experience outside of what I was ever used to. And it gave me motivation to keep pushing forward. I always made good grades, but it was just something that they gave me or showed me that just gave me the fuel to keep going. Right. So, yeah. So I can relate to that. I, I, I appreciate that story. You, you sharing that. So, uh, so I did realize, so I'm a huge basketball fan. Right. And I, and I know in high school, I read some place that uh, that uh, you actually went to Saint Francis and in, in Pennsylvania on a basketball scholarship, and you only played what was that, high school football one year, your senior yeah, year. Is that yeah. is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Man, I was a hooper.
0: Like, <laughs> oh my good, I, I used to before you. Had, so I used to, I love basketball, but I was not I was not a scholarship high school got college guy any of that. I played AAU all my life. Hooper, up tournaments back in Florida back in the day. I used to win them all. But, like, you actually, you know, you were super athletic. You know, I watched some of your videos. They were grainy. They were a little grainy,
1: though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, man, you got to think. That was, that was back in the 90s. Early 90s.
0: <laughs> so it was amazing to see. It made sense to me when I realized, like, damn, you were a hooper before. So you go to – you you transfer from St. Francis. You go to John Carroll. You're the Division Three player of the year. And, you know, I, let me go back a second. When did basketball – was basketball all, was always a part of your, oh, your, yeah. your, your you know, something that could get you out of whatever you were doing and just, you know, enjoy
1: free time? Oh, yeah. No, I, I – man, I was a hooper. I can remember in elementary school, probably third, second, third, fourth grade – telling my mom I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy her a house when I make it to the NBA. You Yo, know that was you? me, man. I thought if, if you would have told oh. me I was going to play professional a uh, professional sport
0: when I was younger, I would have said the NBA. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. NBA. yeah. So, oh, uh,
1: goodness. Yeah, man, that was that was my thing, man. I, it's crazy because a lot of my family members, they didn't even know I played football until I was actually in the NFL. Um <laughs> like, said, hold on. Um, they call me Bam. They like Bam play football? <laughs> like, yeah. like, or even people um like that didn't necessarily know that I played at John Carroll because you know, we weren't on we weren't Florida, we weren't on television. And you played fo- both sports, right? You played football. I played both sports in college, but um again, I went to college on a basketball scholarship initially to St. Francis. Wow. So they're thinking, hey, I'm still playing basketball. And then when I transferred to Carroll, I'm playing both sports. And you know we're not on we're not on national TV we're not on local TV uh, regional right. TV, so if you weren't like in my immediate friendships or or family, you didn't even know I was playing both sports. Um, and then next thing I know, the next thing they know, come '98, they're watching a, a Rams game. It's like, hold on, London Flex Fletch- bet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, man. Um, right. You know right. that was that was my deal, man. I love football, uh, basketball, and I thought I was a. Uh, I had I had offers to go to to play Division One football out of high school. Even I was uh, it uh, Bowling Green,
0: interested in Northern Illinois. Those so teams wanted you to play yeah, both. Yeah. both sports. Northern That's Illinois,
1: amazing. Yeah, Northern Illinois. They they offered me a basketball scholarship, but. Um, they had guys who, uh, one guy was playing both. Said so he like, "Hey, if I come here, I can play both." Bowling Green recruited me in both sports, but the um, basketball scholarships was uh, was taken by Antonio Daniels. He ended up being a number four pick in the yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. We both okay. played point guard back. the same year, so we, <laughs> they, you know, he was six four point guard. I guess they saw something in right, right, him right. That, right. So and you were
0: probably uh, more athletic
1: than him, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> so once the uh, once the basketball scholarship wasn't on the table anymore, I wasn't interested in going to Bowling Green just to got play it. football. So, got it. Um, I was dead set. Uh, my heart was set on playing playing Division One basketball. So, um, and I, I took that football that basketball scholarship. I didn't play college football. I didn't play football again until what essentially was my third year in college. Wait, what?
0: Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold, on, wait, 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 hold on. Hold. I'm assuming when I when I read this, I'm like, okay, you transferred from St. Francis to John Carroll. I'm thinking you played at least three
1: years for. I, I don't. So wait, wait. So I, I, I played the one year high school football. Uh-huh. I go to uh, St. Francis for a year and a half. Okay. Transferred there in the middle of uh, like January season, of Got what it was essentially my sophomore year of uh, college. Football season's over. Um, So we're in basketball season. I don't Mm -hmm. play football until that following fall. So I had – I played one year, took two years off, then (laughs) played – What? Yeah, I I did end up playing three seasons in in college football, but it was – by the time I went to the NFL – Yeah, you were 24 years old, right? Yeah, I was uh, Think 23 my rookie year. 23, okay, okay. Yeah, but over the course of – four uh four and a half uh four years of college, four and a half years of college, then one year of high school. Over the course of four and a, five and a half years, I'd only played um four years of football by the time I got to the NFL. Four seasons oh, of football.
0: So so to piggyback off of what you just so you you have a limited amount of football experience. However, that 98 season and so forth and throughout your 16 year career, obviously I mentioned in the intro you made the Pro Bowl four times and there's a huge, and I want to break this down for people who don't, because we understand the thing I'm about to talk about. You were an alternate 11 damn <laughs> times to the wow. Pro Bowl. Yeah. Before, before I ask my question, when so the format obviously has changed over the years. And when I was making plays and I thought when I was becoming an alternate, it was AFC, NFC. And I was oh. always the third linebacker behind Ray Lewis, the two starters. Yeah, I mean, the Ray, Lewis, Ray Lewis was a fixture and then whoever, it was like Derrick Johnson and other guys, yeah. would, yeah, and I well. was always the third guy, so I was an alternate maybe three seasons, Yeah, and it was like, after the second one, you think like, okay I know, I, you know, alright I've I, I established myself and then I realized like, wait a minute this is when I started realizing the business side of football, I was in Cleveland, we didn't have national televised games, and we just we weren't that market to be publicized yep. like that, so exactly. Yeah. How did you deal with how the hell did you deal with 11 seasons of just cuz players from player to player, linebacker to linebacker, anytime when I when our careers crossed paths, if we were playing a team an offense that you had played the previous week, like I was watch, I was studying you. I was watching you. How you yeah. maneuver, how you would play downhill and, and, and just be active like crazy. So, as a player standpoint, we always gave you, you were always the top dog. How did that affect you mentally, man, to keep going? After two or
1: three, it's like, gosh, nah, like right, damn, yeah, man. No, I was pissed off, man. I was heated. I'm still heated. Like, you, <laughs> you <were laughs> right, right. Still mad about it, you know. Um, and you, 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 you touched on it because you've had, you went to one Pro Bowl and mm-hmm. there were years where, you know, you, you should have been a Pro Bowler uh, starter, whatever the case may be, but
2: right.
1: first and foremost, the market matters. When you're what no team, what market you're playing in? Bigger cities, no uh, doubt, they're going to be on more national games. It's just the way it is. Uh, winning matters. Yeah, you, you will see the teams that are winning the most. They're going to have the most Pro Bowlers, and not not all those guys are deserving to be right. Pro Bowlers because it might be somebody right. who's who's on a team that that's not doing as well. But has outplayed somebody else who, who made it because, you know, but they didn't make it because, hey, they happen to be on a team that's winning. Um, right,
0: right. You know, and I, I, start, were, I, even, I, I even started watching, you know, and I wasn't that guy to like follow my stats like that when I played, but when I realized I wasn't making it, it made yeah. me dive into. I was like, okay, who's making it over me? And let me look at their stats and compare mine. Don't, my don't
1: even compare. Don't even. Yeah. Don't and even the, I
0: was like, what is going? So that's when I realized, man, it's like, go, go ahead, you got
1: it. I had. I had uh, we played uh, <laughs> my first year in Washington, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I, I had a great season. Um, can't remember the numbers I put up, but you know, always a bunch of tackles, interceptions. Mm-hmm. We were top. I think we were top. 10 defense, uh, you know, one of the top defenses in the league. No doubt. And uh, I'm a, I am make all 10 again. So we play Seattle in the uh, playoffs. Now, Lofa's uh-huh. uh-huh. – Yeah, I know Lofa. The, Yeah, Lofa made the Pro Bowl over me that year. And I'm watching Lofa. No. I mean, you know, he's he had a good year. Well, yeah. So Lofa comes up to me after the game. He's like, man, London, you should have made the Pro Bowl over me. Like, he – Oh, like,
2: man. He's, 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 you know,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like, man, I – uh, I appreciate it, man. I know, man. I, you know, like he even realized, like, dude, I, I, I played good, but you played great. So, but
0: you, but you know what, man? It's like if that were me, like I even, yeah, I've never told this story before. So, I, there was my second or third time. I was, um, I was an alternate. I reached out to Ray. I'm like, hey, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'll yeah. do it. I was like, hey, man, is there anything that I can do? Any trip you want to go on that I could pay for to let me slide in that Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? And I, and I should have yeah, done it. Yeah. You know, I should have done it, but I was like, ah, I don't want to look back 10, 12 years from now yeah. and say I didn't do it. So I did it. And his response was legendary. He was like, Young book, your time will come. And I was like, okay, I need to work harder. I yeah. need to work harder because he was, you know, regardless as one of the best to ever do it. And listen, we had a, a friendship, uh, you know, like that. So I appreciated that. But when you stack up your numbers, I went back and, you know, now I'm a numbers guy. Like, I I follow it all. When you stack up your numbers compared – so there was three guys that I try to emulate my game off of. Ray, Derrick Brooks, and yourself for different reasons, right? And when I stacked up all three of your numbers, you and Ray – Ray, some people say arguably he's the best linebacker to ever do it. Right, yeah. That's up for debate. But when you stack up your numbers compared to him – Games played, uh, you know, you guys are, you know, roughly around the same 220-some-odd games played. You look at interceptions, you're, uh, he's at 31, you're at 25. You look at tackles, he's over 2,000, you're over 2,000. Um, Force fumbles, you're at 19, he's at nine. I mean, the li- it's so similar, and the fact that, and I don't want to rub in it, the-, the fact that you've been eligible to be, in the Hall of Fame since 2018, and yet you've been a finalist
1: pisses me off. I, I have haven't, a I haven't even been a finalist. Like I haven't. Right. I was like, what? yeah, that yeah, is no, mind blowing to me. Yeah. No. We, when you when you look at it, and you is, you think exactly like I think, and it's probably because you you've had the similar experiences where um, the numbers say the numbers are what they say, and mm-hmm. Ray. Is arguably the greatest linebacker, greatest middle linebacker to ever play the game.
0: Let, let me, let me, can I interject for one second? I'm gonna Go tell ahead. you why. I'm gonna tell you why. And this is linebacker to linebacker talk. There's things that when I realized as I got older, obviously we talked about it before market, winning, national televised games, all that matters. With Ray, Ray, to me, why people consider him the greatest ever doer, and myself as well, I could be in that category because he, he was the trifecta, right? Like, he he would, he had the charisma. It was the right. charisma piece and the showmanship, and that and, and a lot played. of us, he like, and, and, yeah. he, and, he, and he did everything on the field to yeah. kind of make it come full circle. Now, with that being said, you reward those guys, but you also reward the guys who, who just played the game the right, right way and, and was as productive, if not more productive, and – and wasn't on the national, you know, market and and so forth and so forth. You have to reward these guys, and I'm a huge component of the, the way you played the game. And, and first game, no doubt. I know your time will come, but I'm interested to see like what, how, how, how has London Fletcher dealt with that over the course of the? year? I feel like you're still being under, no, right.
1: absolutely under, underappreciated, uh, disrespected. Um, Again, like I was um, touching on with Ray, you know, Ray was phenomenal. Like you mentioned you would study guys when you were playing, study team. You know, I'm watching if we're playing a team, I'm watching, you know, see what Ray did against them. How did they mm-hmm. attack mm-hmm. him, how he take do these things. I'm watching him, studying him, you know, phenomenal guy, phenomenal uh, football player, phenomenal career. No doubt. You know, definitely deserve to be first by the hall of fame and all that. Well when I um when you look at myself you're not comparing me to just any other mm-hmm. player or any other Hall of Fame. My numbers compare to mm-hmm. the, what some would say. You a You a path. The <laughs> greatest middle linebacker ever. And the fact that I, I haven't even gotten to the semifinalist in the you Hall know. of Fame. You know, and this is my uh, criminal. I've been on the ballot three years, I, I guess, and I haven't even got past the first wave. That right there is. <laughs> Mind-boggling, head-scratching. Oh um, my goodness! You know, you it's 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 uh again, it comes down to um, where you play. You know, mm-hmm. this name recognition, all those types of mm-hmm. things. You know, if right. I when I got to Washington, I realized what playing in a big market does for mm-hmm. you. Um, yes, you know, we're we're on a ton of national games. Yes, I wasn't playing any different when I was in Washington. I was. Then I played in Buffalo and St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. and get the fact that where more people are seeing me, more people are, you know, we got more national games. So now mm-hmm. I'm finally starting to reap the uh, reap the reward, the fruits of my labor that I should have reaped re- well before I even got years ago. Voting. Right, yeah, so right. It's um the the I think there needs to be a change in the way uh, the Hall of Fame voting is done, and, yeah. and the voters they have a tremendous. Uh, tremendous job it's, it's tough because yeah no doubt you're, you're asking them to to um just select five players five modern era players each year to um you know be selected to the uh, elected to the hall of fame and then you, you've had you know tens of thousands of players who've come and played the game of football and played it at a high level pro football a uh, hall of fame level and, you know it's still less than 400 guys who are in the hall of fame um there needs to be a change. Maybe you look at, mm-hmm. you know, the, the how they go about, you know, the voting. Maybe you look at um, maybe a baseball-type way or – or
0: Yeah, or uh, go back or and – Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah NBA, I feel like NBA NBA this should be
0: – um, If you and, go back and ask O-linemen, your, your opponents who played against the top players, there needs to be a vetting process. Go talk to the players.
1: Well, they, they do the, that. They do that, but it's just – it's hard because – you only allowed, they're only allowed to put in five players, five modern okay. players, at that particular time, as opposed to, you know, hey, if, the, if regardless of how many the class may be, if you're just saying, hey, if a guy reaches seventy-five or eighty percent of the vote, you know, mm-hmm. we may have a class of ten one year, we may have a class of three one year, but right, that's right, how you, right. you start to um really get, get it it. expensive. You know, guys that are deserving, and you won't have this backlog because now then you have yeah. the, um, the guys that end up going to the senior senior uh, selection committee. So it just needs to be a change because I mean, you look at this um this last Hall of Fame
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: induction ceremony. I, I, I'm I'm not sure if you watched it or not, but oh, I did. You know, I watched it all. You, you watch, um, you know, Tom Tom Flores. Um, <laughs> he had Tom Flores they had to bring him up there in the wheelchair nothing against right. him nothing against him man that man should have been in the hall of fame been you in know, the hall had, of uh, fame you know a couple of uh, couple people um you know getting, help, getting put in the hall of fame mm-hmm. uh, posthumous you know they're deceased because right you know right. so many years have passed since so they right. should have been they got their uh their flowers so to speak a guy like um uh, um the receiver for the Eagles um his name uh
2: um, um me, I can't think of his yeah, name. yeah, yeah tall, tall.
1: Car- Carmichael.
0: Carmichael. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought he was I'm in waiting, the Hall of Fame.
1: Wait, wait, what? 30, 40 years guy um um from the uh from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jimmy receiver, Johnson. Drew, or Jimmy Drew Johnson Pearson.
0: should have been in there. Yeah, oh, Drew,
1: Drew Johnson, Pearson. Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Yeah. Drew Pearson, wait, what? He, admitted, years, he you get it to the hall of right, fame? He invented the hail
2: mary. Yeah,
0: yeah, right, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not it's not right. It, it, yeah. It's not it's not fair at all. It, it, let me ask you this about the hall of fame: Is there a, a point where your name goes
1: off the ballot? No, no. It's uh, uh okay, think, okay. Um, after I believe after twenty years on the on the ballot as a modern era player, they, once you've been on twenty years, then you go to the, the senior, senior committee. committee. Got yeah. it. Got it. Again, off the senior committee, they're only taking two two players from the senior committee, and I think one coach, or or maybe it's one coach that they they would take uh, even in the modern era as well. So it's just uh, you once you've been on over twenty years, you will move to a different um, different category the senior senior committee.
0: Got it. Got it. So uh, that was that was very enlightening. I didn't uh, I didn't know all that. That was that was good to hear from someone that. Put, that will be in the Hall of Fame one day. So let me ask you this. Uh, So I used to have, when I started playing, I started playing football when I was seven. And I played Mm -hmm. up until I retired in 2017. 2016 was my last season. I hung it up 2017. But one thing that I would do, and I read someplace that you actually would experience the same deal. So let let me set it up by saying this. So every time I would step on the field, like, just, I was, either nervousness or anxiety or whatever I didn't know what it was and every time I stepped on the field I had to like I had to give it up I I threw up (laughs) and there was time there was time hey London I'm telling you they they, and when I got to college it became such an issue the the training staff would watch me I I would have to get an IV right afterwards like it was a thing and I couldn't get over it. They would ask me like, "What can we do?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's just my nerves or whatever." The nerves, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. been times where my rookie year, yeah. I remember, you know, being on kickoff. You know, I only played base defense or so being on kickoff and running down, and I'm throwing up all over myself. Like I never met anyone else that ever experienced that until I read. That was something that you, you would, you, you, you uh, experienced. Oh yeah. And like I don't, I still don't know where it comes from, but yeah. I, I could tell you once I did it. It was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And yeah. to the point where guys would look at me like, damn, did he throw up yet? Did he throw up right. yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They start calling me Willie Beeman when, you know, any given Sunday came out. So I dealt with a ton of jokes, man. So I, I read that about you, which I thought was, was Oh, yeah, cool. man. And, uh, I think every
1: game, man, it's just, you know, we're just anxious <laughs> to, uh, to play the game. Man. And you probably is. We've been processing and thinking about this game so far. Yeah, well. it matters. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we just, we're just anxious, man, ready to play not. Not nervous, not scared, just anxious. Right, right. Ready to go. So,
0: so, so. Let me ask you. So, when you decided to retire, and what was it, two thousand thirteen? Is that what it was? Two thousand thirteen. What was that transition like for you? Because I've had, you know, a guy I had on recently, Tamba Ali, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. We had the same agent, or what have you. So we were, we were, we were close. We started that journey into the NFL at a very young age. You know, him and I talked about that transition and how we know a lot of guys who had a rough time transitioning. How were you able to transition? Cause I know you you spent some time with CBS doing the the other pregame show. Are you still currently doing I, that? And what was I that transition been, like for yeah. you once you hung up the cleats?
1: Yeah, I I am still doing the uh doing the NF, an NFL pregame show for for uh, CBS Sports Network called that other pregame show. We come on uh Sunday mornings from 8 to noon, Eastern time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Check it out, man. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. But um what I did while I was still playing is I didn't know, you know, for the majority of my career, I didn't know what I would do once I um, stopped playing football. I was just, just was like, man, I'll figure it out. Um mm-hmm. I, I was in about year 12 when I finally was like – which is crazy that it was year 12 because most people don't get that, that type of career where it's like, you know what, mm-hmm. maybe I want to try – try broadcasting to see if this is something I like doing. Right. So um, during that that offseason, I started doing, um, you know, going to NFL Network, I, I, um, ESPN, worked the Super Bowl for CBS, um, Sports right. Network, um, doing those types of things. Um, Washington, they had an in, in, uh, in-house TV production studio. Oh, yeah. They did in-house uh, TV shows. So I started yeah. hosting a show for them um I started enjoying it so every year so every offseason for about 3 or 4 offseasons I was just mm-hmm. working on my craft and then yeah. once I um, retired I got the job with CBS Sports Network and just went right into it so my transition was a lot um, easier because I went from the playing field right into a second career uh, right. guys right. That, that um we struggle with the, the the loss of identity um because if you think about it, we've been playing, you know, sports for our whole lives since we were, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, elementary school. And, and you know, we, we have our identity as, a, as an athlete. So right. once we no longer have that identity, there's a void of who am I, right. what am I, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. People want, people want to ask you all the time, you know, as soon as you're retired, what are you doing now? What are you doing? Man, yes. Damn, damn, I out football. I hate that, <laughs> right. six, months I hate six, that ago, six months ago. I mean right. instead of just being we have to be okay with just saying, you know what, I'm just figuring it out. I'm taking my time. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to figure things out. We feel like we need to have an answer to them. And we uh, we feel, you know, a loss a sense of uh a loss of ourselves because we don't have that answer for them. So that's that's why right. a lot right. of us struggle. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's taking your time, you know, mm-hmm. figuring it out, processing things, because there is a you know, you you're gonna go through a um I won't call it the depression, but you're gonna go through, you know, a, a void. You know, you you lost right. something that you've loved for all your lives and regardless of when you retire, how you go out, whether it was on your terms or on right, you know, before you're ready to play, it's still <clears throat> gonna be something that you have to mentally deal with.
0: Right. I, I tell people all the time I th- I got that question nonstop my first year. And it was like, and I realized like that second year, I'm like, wait a minute. Cause I, I went back and when I left school, my senior year, I did, I withdrew from my classes and I got an extra month and a half of training for the combine, mm-hmm. but I always told myself the minute I was done, I was going to go back to Maryland. I started at university of Maryland and finished my degree. So that's what I did the first year. Wow. And the second year I was trying to figure out what the next move was going to be, because you're right. And I realized a light bulb went off in my head. It was like, wait, I've done for someone like us to achieve a level of greatness and more so you, you can't just shut that off. When that's yeah, taken away that, from you, that that, yeah. that, that 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 drive and that competitiveness is still there. So I don't care how much money you've made or how secure you are and the family and the kids are situated. You need to feel a, 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 some self-worth. And yeah. I would tell people, I was like, you can't just turn that off. You know, and so I have other buddies who kind of dealt with some things that I thought from the outside was okay, but you know how it is. Once you get away from the game, you lose contact with guys. And, um, you know, and that's part of the reason I wanted to start this, this, this platform, you know, just to be able to connect with past and former players and be able to relive some of those things to give us a level of purpose and and to get excited about something. And um, so let me ask you this. Have you dealt with any, because this, in my mind, like I, I, haven't done the the whole um, NFL rundown where they go through and do all the tests, and what have you. But it's something that that sticks out to me more so than anything is, I'm with all the, the you know the, the news we've heard about CTE and and what really hit me was Junior Seau back in the day. And Absolutely. Just, just, just it became real, and that's something that stays on the forefront of my mind. And I always tell my wife, like, hey, the minute you 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 think I'm dropping off mentally. Say something to me because I'll be the last to, to admit it, but I trust you because you know me. Do you do you do you think about it at all?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You mentioned um, Junior Sayet Say- Say- I mean, you know, I don't know if you've ever been around Junior, um, spent any time with him. and you I mean, you've seen Junior. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, the most vibrant, energetic person in the yes. room. And, yes, yes. And, um, you know, yes. I had the, the the pleasure of being around him for for a couple of days. Um, we had a a mutual mm-hmm. friend who was getting uh, getting married, and we spent time together during the wedding, um, you know, leading up to the wedding and everything. And you know, when Junior um, committed suicide, man, that 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 right there, like you said, brought it home to where, right? right now, Junior say, i uh, you know, committed yeah, suicide." Yeah, he, he and, would light up a room. Yeah, and and, I, and we found out it was a CTE. you would like, man, that that really um, changes your perspective on concussions, and, and if it happened to him, because before prior to Junior. It was guys who had um, already retired, who were long, mm-hmm. you know, maybe um, in their fifties, or some guy that you know you didn't really, I didn't really have a connection to, didn't you right. know, know all the stuff that was going on. Um, right, you know, guys that were in the sixties, seventies, whatever the case may be, but you right. know that definitely brought it home. You know, I've gone through all the um, the baseline testing, um, yes. Yes. you know, just to you know, get, get established where, where I so, am.
0: So, so speaking of baseline testing, I don't mean to cut you off. So there was a point in my career and I don't know how it was for you, but when I was in Cleveland, when, when it became, um, when the NFL decided they were going to make an emphasis on the baseline testing, that concussions were a mm-hmm. serious thing. And then, you know, I'm on the back down of my career and you realize having your bell rung, which yeah, you and I know it's like, Our bell has been rung over many, many, you know, that's a concussion.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm having multiple bell rings. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right.
0: Right. There's been many of those occasions. And I remember an older guy, I won't say his name. He was like, hey, when you take your baseline test, because there's a baseline test to show where you are from a mental standpoint. So if you are in a concussion protocol, you can, you know. Yeah, You won't you don't try to do as well early on. Right, so right, you can exactly. play. So now that 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 is has changed, and I'm glad it has because I drunk the Kool-Aid. You know, listen, what we do, we play a barbaric position where you cannot avoid contact. And right, it's right. a badge of honor to say, hey, damn it, I'm here week in and week out. Right. You know, um, when did you experience did you realize that? You know, did you go back? Because for me, I went back and revisited the times that I had my bell wrong. Oh, and yeah. like yeah. when you realize like the information that was out, it was like, oh man. Yeah, it became yeah. more of a thing where if I saw another guy, I remember I got my bell wrong once, and I was out of it, and I was with the Colts, and one of my buddies, Darius Butler. I I couldn't really figure out what was going on, but I remember him screaming, "Get it, get it, get his ass out of here, man! Get DQ, go to the like he cared that much. Right, So it was like. About life after football, they was like, "Man, you got it." And I ended up at the time I was pissed. I was like, "Man, I got some money riding on it." But yeah. I appreciate what he had done for me. And so, did you did you feel that that kind of trend, that wave kind of change of your way of thinking and
1: guys being, well, yeah, you know, you mentioned it. It's a barbaric sport, so to speak. And when I came in the league in '98, there was no there wasn't any emphasis on concussions and concussion awareness. So, you know, you get your bell rung. you keep playing, you play the next snap or whatever the case may be. You just didn't you – you didn't think about it. Um, right, right. Unless you were knocked out cold, you didn't realize – <laughs> Right, you right. You, you didn't realize that you had a concussion. Um, when, I, when I'm talking about, uh, you know, you got your baseline testing while you're a player, but you also, you know, with the whole uh, concussion um, – settlement and things like that as opposed post, mm-hmm. as a former player you have to do a um, as a, a window for you to get your baseline assessment with right. that with them to see where you are just in case okay. you know there are issues that happen down down the road so I've done that um, actually just uh, this year yeah I just um, I did it this year um, you know just to see where I was at and, and you know they're there are things that happen, you know. You forget different things. You're just like, man, uh, am I forgetting this just because? <laughs> right, know, right. It, it makes it a lot of people right. or is it because of, you know something that something more to that? So I'm definitely yeah. more uh, aware of those things, and I and more right. cognizant of of things where you know mentally, like my mental um, sharpness was what. I was able to no doubt, no doubt. You don't play play 16 years and
0: not play the game and not figure out how to master the game above. Right,
1: exactly. So um, now I'm like, man, I'm searching for a word or from, you know, not Mm -hmm. to where I need to be. I'm like, man, what? so, you know, it's just, um, you know, you take your assessment and then you just you monitor it. Hopefully. And you you live your life. It doesn't get worse. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
0: So I want to change gears for a second before I get you out of here because I have what I call, I call it my pick six. I actually random six. You know, yeah, pick six yeah. is a game changer play. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. But before I, get, before I get to that, I want to ask you this, and I, I couldn't let you get out of here without asking you. I want to uh, congratulate you on making the Washington football team ring of honor in 2019. I know I'm two years late. Oh, yeah. And also making the College Hall of Fame as well. That's big, coming from a Division three school where you won Player of the Year award and uh, your senior year. So, I had to say that, so I got my pick six. It's, it's random okay. questions. It's six questions. It's game-changing <laughs> I'm questions.
1: Like the, I'm on, like, the hot seat, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right.
0: So it, it, it's, it, it's very easy. I, I try to pick questions that I normally wouldn't, you know, come up in, in this organic conversation between wow. linebacker and the linebacker. So the first one, uh, question number one of my pick six, what was the first job you ever held? It could be anything. Oh.
1: Man, <laughs> my hell uh, can, can, can you remember yeah. that far back <laughs> yeah it's, so like a summer job you Ain't know no man, <laughs> man the one the first job that I remember oh because I didn't get paid for my first job <laughs> uh, I worked the first job that I can remember was a summer job that we would have while I was in uh was in high school and I worked at a uh, it was at Cleveland State University and I worked for the okay. uh, someone like in the education department and I would like okay, okay, okay. And, and things like that. Man, was, okay, that's respect. Okay. It was boring. Like some, I was feeling <laughs> right. some of my friends' jobs. They had, you know, a bunch of cooler jobs, but yeah, that's that's the job.
0: Okay, right. okay, okay, all right. Um, okay, question number two. So I asked this to every guest that's on here, and the consensus is running crazy right now, the number one answer. So, okay. what's your favorite movie or sitcom ever to watch?
1: Man, movie, uh, movie or movie or show yeah. or sitcom, you know? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I probably not
2: want to share my you, sitcom. You, oh, could 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 I love
1: okay. As a I love comedy, man. man. I, I, I love I just like sex in the city, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's all I, good, man. It's my wife, good. Sex
2: in the City, and girl. My, <laughs> okay, my, okay, respect, wife, respect. I can we tell you dating, that,
0: that that's a first. That's a first for yeah. athletes. plug at Sex in the City. I appreciate. Hey, it. Hey, hey,
1: check this out, though. My <laughs> wife, uh, who we're married now, but when we were dating. Uh huh, certain days you know she knew not to call me <laughs> 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 certain times. Like, it's, my shows off. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, you know, what I'm gonna have to go
0: check it out, bro. I'm gonna have to go check it yeah, out, like okay? It, that's man. good, that's good. All right, so the next one, this is more, um, because I'm a big, you know, anyone who knows me knows if you come to my house, we're gonna have a, a some whiskey or some wine or oh, a yeah. cigar, we're gonna chop it up. So, uh, and I love food, man. That's my oh man, I love food. So, my question number three of the pick six: If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what
1: would it be? Um, uh, for the rest of my, life, I'm a I'm a big salmon eater, so it'd be salmon. Okay, 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 salmon okay. Broccoli, salmon, it's really so you. Beautiful. You stay. You 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 look like you stay in shape now. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm bigger than what I was. You know, boy. You
0: you listen. It's
1: your right. What you're and, 46 um, years old. Hey yeah, man, it's you, all uh, good. If it was just one meal for the rest of my life, it'd be. Like salmon and broccoli and some mashed potatoes or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Clean. Now, I have, okay. I, I <laughs> love good cigar and whiskey too. I'm uh, especially okay. if I'm on a golf course.
0: You know. Hey, listen, man. Listen, if you ever in DC, I know you got all the plugs in DC. I'm here in DC and some of my good friends are uh, Michelin star chefs and they they love the cigar and the the wine and the whiskey. So if you're ever time, you ever in town, man, I know right. you. I, yeah. Hit me up, man. Hit, hit me up, up, please. Yeah. All right. So question number four. Uh, I just threw this on there just because. Do you have? Because you were so such a uh, Iron Man when you played the game, and it takes from linebacker line. It takes an exorbitant amount of detail to to be that good. So mm-hmm. I know you have pet peeves about anything. So that's the question. Question number four. What do you have a pet peeve? What's
1: your biggest pet peeve? Um, lack of attention to detail. Mm, I knew like, it. Like man, I. Knew I- it. You know, I, I just, man, I <laughs> I'm a stickler to the details, and, you know, especially when it came to football. Like, if, yes. you, if you aren't where you're supposed to be, if you're not, you know, you don't fit this block the right way, you're not in your gap, you're not at the right yeah, depth, depth, if you're like, you. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't want a coach to not address it. If a co- I, like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh,
0: so let me, let me say this and I'm going to stay on track, but I, I'm getting off track for a little bit. That was my, that's when I knew I was on my way out of, of ending because I had a guy, he was actually the the, the defensive coordinator here in, uh for the Washington football team, Greg Minuski. Okay. And we had a, we had a relationship where, and I loved it. If he made a bad, like this is practice, two minute drills or whatever the case if I thought he was running the same traditional stuff, I'm like, hey, man, change this shit up, man. Right, like, what are right, we doing? Right. Andrew Luck knows what we're doing. Like, change this shit up. What do you want me to call? I'm like, anything else. I was like, you know, so he would fuss at me. I would fuss at him. But he knew I was spending the time, and he yeah. gave me extra time to meet with the DBs and the D linemen a week prior to the game because I wanted everyone to be right. Ask the yeah. questions you don't know because in the end – if you're playing well, it's going to help me. And if I'm playing well, it's going to help the guys on the back end. Right. So I can, yeah. I can I can completely understand that. So uh, question number five. I, pro- I threw this out there. I know I probably won't get a, 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 an answer, but uh, I had to do it while I have you. So when you're finally inducted into the Hall of Fame, have you thought about who your presenter would be? Or do you have a short list? You don't have to yeah,
1: answer. I just had to I have, throw thought, that. I have thought about it. Uh, who my presenter would be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. I got, okay. I got about, uh, it's about five people that I, that I'm okay. you know, that's on the list. Coaches, um, players. Can I ask that? This is five people back. Okay. okay. <laughs> I keep it, keep well, it close it, to the it back. Is, it's, it's, it's As you think about it, I mean, so many people played a part of you achieving mm-hmm. that, that level of success. So it's like, you know, you want to recognize all of them, but obviously you can't. So, right, right. I'm it's a it's a huge it's probably. a
0: huge ask. You know, yeah. like that that takes some time. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely
1: and, have thought about thought about that person. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool, cool.
0: So, last but not least, uh, the, to sum up our pick six question number six. <laughs> so, do you did you go to prom at all in high school? I did. Yeah, I went to prom. Okay, okay. So, do you remember the hottest songs out during your mm-hmm. prom? Like, do you yeah. was it? Was it the Temptations? Was it the <laughs> Isley Brothers?
1: <laughs> I dude, that brother wasn't that long ago. I graduated in '93,
2: man. No, nah, you know, baby. I had to throw. I had to throw <laughs> a little jab in
1: there. I, man, I do not. Uh, I don't remember the like, hottest song. Was, was Jodeci?
0: Was Jodacy
2: Was Oh yeah, yeah
1: Jodeci, I, yeah, Jodeci. Yeah, I oh, Yeah, I couldn't think. I'm like, okay, yeah, go to I, I remember. Uh, my freshman year in college, which you know was a couple months later, putting, mm-hmm. uh, putting a, a mixtape together. You know, you had okay. To the okay. I had some Jodeci on that boy. <laughs> okay, okay, bro. <laughs> I had the
0: Jodeci boots. I love Jodeci so uh, much. And I grew up in Florida. It was no way to. It was no point for me to wear Jodeci, <laughs> you know, boots or whatever. Yeah. So hey, London man, I appreciate. Uh, that's it. That's all I got, man. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, your perspective as always, man. I could like I could talk to you for hours and hours about the game of football, but I wanted I wanted you to get to know me and me to get to know you. Yeah. That, hey, if you ever come to DC, man, hit me up. I'll oh, yeah. try you know, to do got, my best to stay got, in touch.
1: To put some bourbon in uh, and, and, oh, and man. Spit. <laughs> you know
0: what do you do you have a good uh do you have a go to drink right now? Like when you wanna just calm course? on a golf course. Oh uh, well,
1: no, not well, on, the, on the golf well, course. Well, on a course, I'm trying to focus on my game. Right, right, know? right. You know, if I'm just sitting uh sitting back at the house, I've been, you know, I like I like the whiskey, the uh McAllen, I mean Scotch, I'm sorry. Mm, uh, so mm. I drink scotch, uh bourbons. Um I'm I drinking can, some uh, uh
0: 14 right now, some Caribbean ooh, cash. Ooh,
1: and I, good and, at I, you. And, and
0: I and I and I keep I keep my McAllen 18 on deck.
2: Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, brother. Well, I, I like again, again, um man, you were a huge part of my you know, development as a as a linebacker in this game. Uh, I appreciate what you what you meant to uh, young young boys like myself to play the game the right way and, and conduct themselves on and off the field. Uh, man, I could I could give you compliments out the wazoo. I appreciate your time, your perspective. Thanks for joining Athletes Unplugged. I really, really, really do appreciate it. You're oh, one of the yeah, greatest linebackers that ever played the game, and I can't wait till you get that final that final uh recognition of going into the hall. So salute to you, my brother.
2: Thank I you. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah.